Wrestling and combat sports. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. It's the first episode of 2017, and we're going to start it off with a bang. Before I bring on my co host, V Styles, to talk about UFC 207 with that crazy loss by Ronda Rousey at the hands of Amanda Nunes, and also what went on at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom this, pa- this past week, um, I got a special interview for, for you to, to kick things off. Like I said, I'm going to kick things off with a bang. It's with one of my favorite music artists. I've been a fan of, of them ever since they were called the House of Crazies. It's the Detroit rap duo Twisted. They got a lot of things going on with their Magic Ninja Entertainment. They said they have 11 releases this year, and they're about to uh, release their newest al- um, album, The Continuous Evolution of Life's Question Marks. So before we jump into that interview, I'd just like to remind you how you can definitely support the podcast. As always, you can go to freshthepodcast.com and just spread any of the links on the website, on any of your social medias. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your enemies. I don't care. Also, uh, you can click on the support the podcast link on the website, and there's a PayPal link you can donate to. And there's also an Amazon link if you ever do any shopping on Amazon. Use that link. They will uh, send a little bit of commission. It doesn't change anything in regards to um, the prices or anything for your shopping. They just hook us up a little bit if you use that link. Awesome. You can uh, also uh, follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number 1. Or you can go to facebook.com slash freshisthepodcast and give us a like on there. And then always you can subscribe to us on Stitcher and on iTunes. Just uh, search Fresh is the Word. And please, if you like the show, please leave a comment. Hopefully with a five-star rating. I would really like it if it was a five-star rating. If I see a five-star rating, I'll go ahead and read your comment on the show. So that would be awesome. Please. And thank you. So, that's enough talking. Let's get to the interview with Twisted. Hey, brother. How you been? Good, man. How you doing? Good. Really good. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. Always good to hear from you guys. Sir. It's about to be a busy 2017. Yes, indeed. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, glad you guys have a new album coming out, The Continuous Evolution of Life's Questions. Mark, um, look, the, the Continuous Evolution of Life's Question Marks. 
Those question marks. Yes, sir. That's why we put. That's why we put an apostrophe after after the question mark because we figured it would, it would pluralize it. But yes, yes, indeed. Oh, okay. All right. No worries. No worries. All right. All right. We were trying to be alternative. Yeah. Right? <laughs> trying to be all artsy fartsy and all. You uh, know it, man. That's what we do. You know, bring you know bring discussion up to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Give a little. Give have a little fodder with it to make it interesting and worth talking about, right? Right out the bat, you haven't even got to the music yet. Just from the title, <laughs> right? <See this? laughs> it's great. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, last time I talked with you guys, uh, you guys were kind of uh, filling me in on the stuff that you were planning to do with this album. Um, I know you guys wanted to do more of a, uh, have more of a rock influence. Um, how mm-hmm. do you feel like your plans, uh, you know, you know, went out on this album? They changed completely. <laughs> <laughs> we started one way and just completely changed it and, and gave it a more evolved sound as opposed to pigeonholing it to one type of genre. Like we did, however, everything on there. We did, however, go places we wanted to go. It's just that we realized that there were more places we wanted to go. Like, there's a little something for everybody on this record, which is really cool. Like, we we really we really uh uh I don't know I covered the playing field, so to speak. If Absolutely. It was, if it was roulette, me and Monoxide have chips on half lines across the board. No, <laughs> yeah. okay. But uh yeah, it it's it, it's a good sound, and I honestly believe that on the record, there's a song for everybody. And uh, when you hear your song, man, you're going to know. Whether you like it or hate it, you're going to be like, God damn it, play that song again. Fuck, that's my song. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I gave a quick listen to it, and I do hear, like, there's songs that sort of mark different sort of parts of you guys' career from the past, mm-hmm. while kind of, right. you know, updating it a little bit, giving it, you know, breathing new air into it all. Hence, hence the evolution. Right. We we are life's question marks. Nobody really knows what to call us anymore, and and you know what I mean. It's it's kind of hard to put a label on something that 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 we're we're not even sure what we are most of the time. <laughs> we know we kick ass. We know we represent for a, a a group of people who kick ass. But it's like we're we're tired of being calling all the names. What whatever you've been called in your life, be it. Uh, uh, a fag or, or fat or ugly or a racist slur or whatever the fuck it is. You're not that. You're bigger than that. You're better than that. With this nice. album, with this album, in comparison to uh, The Darkness, with Darkness was like your first step out of Psychopathic Records doing the Magic Ninja Entertainment. What does this album signify to you guys? This album signifies the progress that we've made from start to right now. Absolutely, growth. To growth. show you the, exactly what they have created in all of its luster. We built a Voltron, and on this record, we're in the Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what I mean? It's, it's progression. It's growth of us. It's like we're, we're, never, we're never, ever, ever, nor have we ever said that we're the smartest or that we're, we're the dopest or whatever. We're always learning. We're always sharpening our pencils. We're always up in our game and always setting standards for ourselves sometimes that are so great that, that we can't even reach our standards because me and Paul have such high expectations for what we do. I think that's, I think that's why the best in us always comes out of our products because we always challenge ourselves and push ourselves to not just – do the same record with a different cover. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. Cool. Definitely. What, um, you know, speaking of evolution, uh, what do you guys think you've learned thus far in those couple years that since Darkness, since starting this Magic Ninja Entertainment? Um, oh, man, there's a lot of shit that we've learned. 
that would be interesting to people that are reading this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, let's see. I was gonna just random. I'm randomly drop little things that I think. Well, you because I know you're working on the. He's where he's. I can I can see monoxide's wheels turning. Um, I, I, I'm gonna say uh, just just roughly on a sidebar. We 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 learned about how to pay attention to what's what's going on out there to actually listen to our listeners and at the same time keeping true to ourselves making a lot of people happy we learn how to legitimately break an act to take an act from nothing and turn them into something every facet of the way social media merchandising marketing touring absolutely that's on the record company aspect absolutely because we since since we started this, I mean, you can look at the roster now. You know what I mean? It, right. It, when we talked to you, it was awesome, Blaze. A hundred percent. And we've grown we've grown in volume since then. And it's like, and, and that's why I liked it. I know it's a short word, and it's just growth, and it sounds stupid, especially if it's you know on your kneecap or something. You might need surgery on that growth. No, but, uh, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, it's like we've 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 been expanding, and with every day, all the knowledge that we that we learn. We're, we're not only putting that back into Twisted, but we're able to put that into these new and upcomers that we're bringing to the foreground that, that will end up ultimately being the new face of music for the next exactly. 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. 35, 40. 35, 40. Yeah, right. Come on. Look, we're still doing it. So what's to say that all these new artists that we're bringing right. to the table that have star power and really believe in their self as much as me and Paul have believed in ourselves? Gmo Steve's 15. Right. Hey, right. 15 years old. 60 years. And he kills shit. No, but that's my point. But it's like, you know, these are the cats that we honestly believe. Like, if we bring somebody to our label, we believe in them that much that we, we foresee them in our, in our sight being the biggest thing 10, 15 years from now, still going strong, just how we would be. Definitely. What, what have you uh, learned from sort of listening to your audience, you know, keeping your ears out there? That there's two different kinds of fans. There's legitimate people that support you and, and appreciate you, and then there's the other people that claim to be fans. The Fairweather fans exactly. that have given any opportunity to, uh, to, to quote-unquote, sell you out or, or, or deny you like Christ from a Judas perspective. Right. In well, those cases, yeah. So you, We you learned to, that. Yeah, we did get to learn that. But we also learned that, you know, that, that some of the people – have always been with us, the, the good ones. I, I, yeah, the good ones? Yeah. The, good, mean, the, the true the ones. Real one. The real ones. The true ones. The true, the true motherfucking fam that, that has have represented with me and Paul throughout this whole journey and as we continue to go. Those are the real people that we do it for because no matter what we do, they're always proud of us. Right, because if you only liked us because of a label we were on or because of who we were affiliated with. Then it's hella superficial to begin with, you right? Never you never Exactly. You just like the idea that we were with something right. that you liked. And if you still continue to like us after that fact, then it's actually genuine. And we hope, <laughs> I hope, I know Monoxide hopes, we hope that we're, we're schooling it for you just as hard now, if not five times harder now than we ever did before, because now it's all on us. So if we don't shine hard, guess who we got to blame? Me and Paul. But we ain't going to blame me and Paul because we've been shining like a motherfucking solar panel. And we hired George so we could blame him. That's right. He's got mad extension cords and, and generators to make us shine harder. God damn it. Right. And speaking of sort of like those those different sorts of fans, the Fairweather fans, the real fans, you know, you know me, I keep, you know, keep my ear to the juggler world, you know, I know what's going on on the streets there. Um, I, I definitely, have, you know, I've seen a bit of a kick up recently with uh, certain fans, 
looks like they're making it more than it is. Where uh-huh. and then there's been some like sort of underhanded comments from your previous label where uh-huh. they're sort of saying, you know, to a certain extent that you know artists are leaving them to come to you and they're making sort of you know thing saying things in regards to that and the fans are sort of brushing you up you know i'll tell you like this oh man no i'm not even gonna tell you i was just gonna let me just say this let me just say this think about think about it that everybody is happy you are fucking over you either stand for something or you fucking fall for anything. And Absolutely. we refuse to be that. Absolutely. That's very, very true. I was just say, as far as the people, the people coming over here, it's like we're talking about, we're talking about grown-ass men. We are grown-ass men. Why would these grown-ass right, men exactly. leave? Like we out here suge night motherfuckers. Hell no, right. people come to us. People come to us. Why would these grown-ass men come to us and be like, hey, I respect what you did. I stand with you. That's a grown-ass man's decision times however many people are on our label. Nobody came into our label or were invited into our label under the assumption that we were something that we're not. They know who we are. They know who Paul is. They know who Jamie is. They know who George is. They know how passionate we are about what we do, and they see the level of work and ethic and and quality products that we put out. That's why people want to be here with us. Because we are the fucking shit. (laughs) It's true. We ain't playing. You can only treat a person with such levels of disrespect to the point where they snap and they take no more. And I think that's been the case across the board with several people. No names, no nothing. You know what we're talking about. Just grown-ass men finding their breaking point. And at that point, that's when they're like, hey, man, enough is enough. Both of them came to help and understand their situation. Mm -hmm. And through that, they saw our workings, and we instructed everybody I think you can do this on your own. You're all very good. You all have that capability. But they wanted to fuck with us. Right. For a reason. And as a business, to become the number one underground label in the fucking world, we got to do what's right for our label. We can't think about what the fuck is right for everybody else's label. We ain't got time Yeah, and also, and that's the truth. It's like in worrying about our own stuff, well, we're worrying about our own family. We're putting back together our family and putting together a team of people that, that we're comfortable with right. and we know that got our back as well as we got their back. So we that's got why 11 releases this year, Kelly. 11. <laughs> 100%. For Magic Ninja Entertainment. We ain't got time. We don't give a fuck who hates us. Right. We don't give a fuck who talks shit about us because they've been doing it for years. Here we are 20 in the game. Right. 20 in the game, bigger than we've ever fucking been. So it's do very me a favor. Keep talking shit because this is working for us, I guess. For sure, for sure. No, absolutely. I was just going to say, it's very rare. It's very rare in this day and age to see uh, a family, uh, uh, a group, a label, friends. A, a, a friends, a house that sticks together. The, the whole entire the whole entire label over here we ride together no no one left behind ohana it's family baby right so don't right 100% so so that kind of that kind of affiliation and dedication just just to me simply does not exist in the music industry no more so those are kind of some of the morals and goals that we're building our company on and i think that's why so many people are butt hurt because they're looking at the situation and they maybe don't understand all the politics or they don't know and at the end of the day if you're if it's not blatantly obvious that they're grown ass men who want to be on a winning team with people that are friends and family to them then i don't know what what more right. you need to see we owe nobody an explanation for anything true 
We didn't explain why we left the record label and they thought we were dead. Here we are. And we ain't going to explain the rest but of this bullshit. Think what you think. I think people can kind of... I'll, and, you, and I'll leave you with that. If that ain't twisted, then I don't know what right. the fuck is, bro. Always <laughs> oh, a pleasure, Kelly. You know we love you. January 27th, the continuous evolution. I swear to God, Life question mark. knows when to talk to us. <laughs> right, you know, you know when there's cool. something to say. Right, definitely. <laughs> okay, getting and back that's to... That's why we love you, bro. Straight no, up. No. Thank you for always, you know, taking the time to talk to us, man, for real. But yeah, that's pretty much where we're at, man. We honestly do love the Juggalo community. We've been nothing but a staple in the Juggalo community, and we represent people for the proper things. We don't do uh, uh, politics. We don't, we don't march for shit. We don't, there's, a, there's a million causes under the sun that we could march for, and we right. don't give any of them any special attention. That's and not what we do, man. We're entertainment. Not. We've it's been approached by Black Lives Matter, animal activists, it's all true. kinds of people that and we would love. I'm not going to put our business out there. I will just say, and privately, we participate and give to and charitable needs. Oh, privately, on. privately. <laughs> and all my real juggalos know we ain't got nothing but love for them. Yep. Much love to the fam. You're the, the decade of the ninja, baby. Yeah. You're the short. 11 releases. Yes, sir. Coming out this year. All good, too. All, all amazing oh, records. And, uh, records. And again, you know what? You can hate us all you want, but if you hate good music, then you really have a reason to hate us. Definitely. Okay, getting back to the, uh, to the new album. Um, when you're going about, you know, figuring out what you wanted to talk about on this album, what were some sort of the stories, the themes, the, you know, the items that you wanted to address on this album? More times than not, what it labels. Was, uh, yeah. Labels are addressed ex- Absolutely. an awful lot on there, just the fact of being labeled anything. Right, and that, that, is, that is the overall uh, theme throughout the record, is, is, you know, everybody putting their labels or their, or their stigmas on us. But more times than not, when the music came on, it would just be a vibe or a feeling. And each song has, and that's 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 why I said everyone has their own song. It's like it's kind of, it's kind of like these songs are like people. Each song has its own personality. Each song makes you it's feel like a way. It's hits record. It but you've you, never heard any of these songs. Like right. Each one is its. It doesn't. The album does not tell any kind of a thematic story other right. than the evolution of us as a band, as people, and the shit that we that go music. through on the everyday, and the shit that we and and our listeners go through in their everyday lives, and everyday exactly. everyday human shit. People have told us that it's impressive how how after the fact of listening to our records, how how they all happen to somehow. Uh, mimic or respond to the time af- around them in which they were released, and it's like, yeah, well, because we are conscious of our surroundings, and we're always conscious of being relevant and and not being too far behind. Because most of the people nowadays are are, are ahead of the game, so you being behind is never going to be profitable or or any type of uh, successful, I suppose. At the end of the day, it is a business. You know what I mean? So so we yeah, we're always relevant. So there there's 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 a lot of that, but like I said, they have personalities. When you listen to them, you're like, oh, that song is mad. Right. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, man, this song makes me feel, man. You know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling Black Cloud today. I'm right. putting that shit on. Or, or I got these feelings that I can do without <laughs> in my life. You put that on because you're like, you know what? Fuck the world today. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I got my own shit. And it, I got a vacuum. Right, and I'm finna vacuum. Right, I'll put that bitch on. I'm finna vacuum it up. It's it's feel some of it's feel good some of it's fucking you know cry your heart out some of it's like push you to the point of tears because you're like I cannot believe all this shit has been going on in our life and everybody acts like it. you just because you act like it's not real does not make it go away right doesn't mean it's not real right 
when it comes from like the production standpoint of this album, um, what was the sort of the process of that? What sort of swayed the way that uh, that each song went? Because it, it went so many directions. We took all the we took all the governors off, so to speak. There was no guideline. Mm-hmm. It was like legitimately make what you're feeling seven. For what, yeah, give it to us, and we will fit it into where we are. And for once, and I don't want to say necessarily for once, but definitely with this project, we were more, we we were more um, um, not restrained. We we took off the restraints on ourselves. We didn't feel the obligation or any obligation to make to a genre, a, to any, a, yeah. a, a hardcore record, right. or to make a solid wicked record or anything. We made a record, honestly, for once. We made a record for Jamie and Paul. This is Jamie and Paul's record. This is this is this is how we felt when we recorded the songs. These are the songs that make us smile, cry, laugh, whatever. They it is the evolution of us. That's why it's the continuous evolution of life's question marks. Again, we are life's question marks. And anybody who feels us, chances are you're a question mark too. So enjoy the record and, and, and go on the roller coaster that is the record and, and, and hopefully it'll be some sort of audio medicine to help Maybe you'll find some answers. Yeah, maybe it'll maybe it'll help out people the way that it's helped us. It's been it's been therapeutic for us as well. So maybe it'll be that for you. But I know it's a motherfucking solid, g damn good fucking record. I can't stop playing it. Most like all the all the stuff that we're putting out, it's 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 really good music. And I think again, coming full circle, that's at the end of the day what a lot of people forgot about and what it's still very much about every day here as we live and breathe at M and E. It's all about the music and the yep. entertainment. And we gotta hear all the beats. We gotta hear the raps. We gotta hear sure. it all. We gotta see the artwork. We're just involved, because right? Because we that's want what we, we want to bring to their table. They're already super talented. We just gotta polish them up and give them some direction, and that's we want it. them to succeed as much as we do, yep. if not better. Yeah, you know, we want you to succeed more well, than we, we ever We also learn shit like what works for Gmo not might not work for Lex, or what works for Lex might not work for Gorilla Bolt. It's and that's, like everybody and that's still, is their own entity, and that's still part of our learning process as we go further into this record company thing. I mean, we've been yep. doing it for quite some time, and, and since the last time we talked to you, again, the roster has leaps and bounds grown. And it's stronger than ever, and I mean, we have a fucking solid-ass team. We I'm might, watching the social media numbers. They're still going up. We, we have a solid-ass like, team. If it was really that big of a deal. We could play no. an All-Stars game. We got a solid-ass <laughs> team. We like, got I've, a starting five in the next to come in. I mean, we got I'm five. So, we got, yeah, we got ten. I'm so confident in our team that we could say to any of them, fucking rap the shit out of this song. And I, I there's no question. I know everyone there. We have, we have lyricists. We have storytellers. We have fucking, I mean, we, we're golden. We're golden over here. We're not, we're not worried about any of that shit for once. That's a good thing. It's a, it's a strong thing to say that we're surrounded by a bunch of people that, that understand and believe in the same concepts that we do. And, uh, and yeah, and it's an honor to represent them and have them as part of our team. And our success is not based on anger. Right. Merely hmm, metabolized. It helps. So <laughs> I think it all don't goes stop. Please don't stop. I think it, I think it goes I think it all goes hand in hand. You know what I mean? I think I think we, we are we are a direct mirror and whatever you put on us, chances are we usually throw back on you and that goes for the world and everybody else around us. How do you guys work with the with the other artists that you have signed to the label? Because sometimes when you have a label like yours um, you guys are definitely like the marquee act of the label. It's your label. But sometimes in that position, that marquee act, you know, they do their projects and they're a certain amount of quality. But everybody else, it just seems like 
they're they're not on anywhere near the level of that marquee like, act. Like, like what you mean is the quality starts falling off as you start dipping down the, the food chain, so to speak. Right. Well, right. no, and, and that's why, and, and again, and that's, that's awesome that you noticed that. Not, not I hope you don't notice that in ours, but it's awesome that you, you've seen that because that's where we came from. And because we've come from that, we've lived that, we've paid attention to that, and now we make painstakingly detailed that every one of our projects is to the caliber of ours, Absolutely. to the caliber of artwork, to the, to the mixing, to the mastering. Listen to GMO's record. Listen to Lex's record. Listen to Blaze's record. Look at the Look, artwork. Put them on. Feel the put paper. them on. Feel the paper. Feel the product. Look at the merchandise. Feel the shirts. Feel the quality. Man. You won't see patches falling off. You won't wash them one time and be able to see through them like a piece of tissue paper. <laughs> we're 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 involved. We're involved now more than we've ever been involved, and uh, and now not only with every one of those people. That's the difference between where we are now and where we came from as well too. Because where we are now, we are involved, and you, meaning our artists, you whoever we put out, whatever artist act we put out, they are an extension of us. So how dare me and me and Paul release somebody half-assed? It's only going to make us look bad. So we would never do that. Right. Definitely. Definitely. From a from a performance standpoint, the last time I talked with you guys, you guys were um, starting to uh, experiment with having a live band, and I know there's been mm -hmm. some hiccups with that. How's that going? Um, we kind of we kind of basically just thinned everything down to our drummer Draven, and uh, and and it's fun. It's 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 fun having him out there. He he adds to the show. He he vibes with us well. We have a really good uh, we click well live and uh, for for. for, uh, for Four performances. God damn, I couldn't say that. I don't know why. I was looking at my ashy ass leg, and I think it threw me off. But um, but nevertheless, uh, for performances, he he brings he brings a, a good amount of energy. He matches our energy to the stage, so it's a cool look. But as far as with everything else, we kind of just we kind of push it to the wayside. We wanted to do it forever. We've ever we, we, that's a lot of things with me and Paul. We want to try things, and we just do them. And sometimes they're they fit like a glove, and other times they they change and alter until they fit our world. We don't like that volatility, though, man. Just too many moving parts. Like if Rob Zombie asks us to go on tour, we're gonna take a band with us. For sure. But if you come see Twisted nine out of ten times, ain't gonna be no band. Right. It'll be me, Jamie, and Draven. Hundred <laughs> percent. Definitely. Yeah, I remember uh, probably the first time I talked with you guys. You guys were like, "We want to, we want, we want to learn to do everything, and we want to even learn to levitate." Have you guys learned to levitate yet? We've tried. We've watched a couple Chris Angel tutorials, and we hear that David Blaze got this anti-gravitational pull reverse method. We're looking into some things. Let's not say that we're capable to levitate yet. Let's just say we can get our feet off the ground for more than four seconds. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. It might be 3.2 seconds, but Monoxide has the record. Don't tell them. Don't talk about it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sorry. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> you guys are also, um, you know, big wrestling fans, and have, you told me a bunch of great stories. Um, have you guys uh, um, checked out any of the, the Broken Matt Hardy stuff that's been going on? No, I've heard a little bit about it, though. Uh, people, people are talking, but as of late, um, our world has been so... Um, Consumed. I was going to say eaten up, but yeah, consumed. Our days are eaten up. We're just, everything has been taking us away from any type of entertainment, so we've been missing a lot of our shows. And, and, and I had to watch the Ronda Rousey fight in a 32-second Instagram video because I didn't have time to, well, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm sure I will, though, because, like, you know, the Hardy Boys are probably one of my, one of my favorites. 
ever. So yeah, I definitely am more than interested in, in getting into that. So I lean more towards Laurel of the Hardy Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> He's, more He's such an asshole, but, but I love it. It's great. But yeah, they are the shit. <laughs> Great. They were like the wrestling equivalent of us. They, well, fair enough. They were dope. Ollie. Yes, that's fucking great. Devin, I know. Um, I know you've you've had some really dope, like uh, some really funny uh, wrestling moments from back in the day with the early days of psychopathic and everything. Is there anything that sticks out on your mind? Oh, there's a couple things. Um, the, I'll tell you one real quick. All right, we were we were. We were no, 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 no. <laughs> God damn it! Don't tell those stories. I'll tell you one funny one real quick. It has to do with monoxide. Uh, a wrestler, a wrestler named Hollywood Chuck Hogan, was teaching monoxide and myself how to do what would have been a DDT. <laughs> and Paul, Paul successfully does it. And then I go to do it, and I ended up, instead of kicking him in the quote-unquote bread basket, I hit this guy in the chin, and his teeth went, Cut! and I think one of them turned to powder, and he got crazy pissed. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing? To which I, respi- I responded, I'm not a fucking wrestler. And then he was just like, whatever. And we went through it a couple more times, and I got it. Then in the match, this guy wears a Halloween mask. So in the match, the guy came at Paul, and his natural reaction was to fucking punch him with everything he got. So you heard this. <laughs> hit a, a rubber mask and this dude's face was just sour as hell and in, in the industry they call it stiff potatoes so uh, so legit he he got the the, the greatest stiff potato he's ever gotten in his life courtesy of twisted who had no business being in the wrestling ring because we are we we are entertainers by right we are entertainers by uh, by by profession but wrestlers we are not so we could come to the ring and probably put the boots to somebody with the best of them but actually tactical wrestling we're probably not good at doing that because someone's chances are definitely going to get hurt. <laughs> Indeed, we fucked that guy up. I kicked him. The big butt. I kicked him and probably broke his jaw and then you finished it by busting his eye socket out. I wonder if he's still wrestling. I wonder if he's still alive. You know, there's a really Viking in addiction. To a... All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, that's funny. It's funny. Pain threshold. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, man. Um, that's about it for the interview, man. Thanks for taking time out to uh, clear up some things and talk about the no worries, the new album. Thanks always for taking time to talk to us, man. Yep. We really appreciate you, bro. Always. And then next time when you fucking call, well, hopefully that number of levitation will be up to a full five seconds, and maybe the fat kid will be on the heels of the skinny kid on getting that number up. <laughs> All right, brother. Sounds good. Thanks again, Kelly, man. Appreciate your time, man. Always, man. Always. Good to talk with y'all. All right. Good talking with you, man. Have a good day, bro. No doubt. Peace. All right. Peace. Later. So that was the interview with uh, Jamie Madjox and the Monoxide Child of Twisted. Go ahead and support those brothers. they some good brothers. And so now, let's get to our MMA and wrestling discussion. And like always, we have my co-host... Wrestling and MMA connoisseur, Detroit hip-hop artist, and proud Marine, V-Styles. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm great, Kelly. How you doing, brother? I'm all right. Been battling some bronchitis. I'm on the downslide of that, so got some meds now. Hopefully, I'll be out of this real soon. Indeed. Indeed. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. If you hear any gasping of nah. air while I'm talking, that's just me trying to live. <laughs> Uh, it's all good, brother. <laughs> oh, it's, it's all good. Right, right, right. Uh, dude, it's uh, it's 2017 now. First, uh, 
podcast of the year. Um, already craziness yeah. going on everywhere in the world of wrestling yeah. and MMA. Yeah. Before we uh, go to the big elephant in the room in the world of MMA, there's definitely something I want to talk <laughs> about beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. In the world of wrestling, it's the... The other um, the, um, couple days ago was New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom. This is like their yeah, I know. This is like their WrestleMania. And I've been trying to find a file on it, man. The last forty eight hours, well, the last uh, twenty four hours, because it, it was it, it happened uh, it happened yesterday. But you know, Japan, I mean, I know Japan is like nine hours uh, ahead. So I know right. you was up in the wee hours in the morning <laughs> watching it. Yeah, I stayed up all night to watch. I was, I, was, I was literally half asleep on my couch, basically watching it with one eye open, uh, dozing off every once in a while. But still, man, this was probably one of the most incredible events from top to bottom. Like, That's what I'm hearing. Did Cody Rhodes win? Yes, he did. His uh, That was his uh, debut uh in New Japan, under the Bullet Club, as the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, he uh, defeated Juice Robinson, who uh, who used to okay. be in NXT for a little while as um, a CJ. His name is like CJ Parker or something like that, and he also got okay. uh, Juice Robinson was actually uh, trained by uh, um, Truth Martini, who's uh, a you know native Detroiter. He lives around here, and his uh, uh, House of Truth uh, wrestling school is just over here in Warren, Michigan. Um, oh okay. So All right. yeah, he was uh, he was trained by, and he 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 had uh, he went to NXT a few years ago, but he just didn't like how things were going with him, so he decided to uh, leave NXT and go to Japan um, to be a part of the whole Young Boys program and everything that they do out uh, there. Uh huh. And um, he's a, he's been actually been able to make a lot of headway, and Juice Robinson's actually become you know one one of the good up and coming talents there in japan for wrestling um they had about mm-hmm. a they had a good 10 minute bout it was good it was a nice uh um debut for uh, cody rhodes and actually this sort of american nightmare like thing that he's doing is actually really cool and i wish this was something that they man they could if they would have listened to him in the wwe oh my jeez the american nightmare cody rhodes is actually kind of cool man he he, it's an all out, all out heel sort of thing. He, he, it, it's just like he just yells at everybody, and <laughs> basically, and if if it suited him well, and if the WWE would have just like listened to him and let him, let him, you know, let him go with it, man. Let him fly a little bit, yeah. Let him fly a little bit. So, so I'm glad that he's been able to uh, actually, you know, exercise all this creativity uh, on these in these other companies, and those were actually really cool. Uh, um, debut for him. Uh, the main event okay. of Wrestle Kingdom was uh, um, Kenny Omega versus uh, Shinsuke Okada uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight bout. Oh my goodness, V V. This this was an incredible match. This could you talking about you, you, you talking about the Kenny Omega? Yeah, the Kenny Omega versus Okada match. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I've seen the finish to it. I've seen the finish to it. It looked dope. It looked real dope. <laughs> this was a 46-minute match. <laughs> they went 46 mm-hmm. minutes. It There was flips through tables. There was flips into the crowd. There was everything. But there was the buildup for this match over the past six months has been incredible. Ever since Kenny Omega uh, won the uh, the 
the G1 Climax Tournament, which when you win that, you get the contract for the, uh, the main event at Russell Kingdom. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but the buildup since then has been crazy. But it's, it's like a buildup ba- based on like competition and based on it's, – it's, 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 that, it's that stuff that used to be in wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Back like, like – mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of old Starcades and oh man Starcase was the shit man and it's a lot Ooh. and it's similar to that and that's what was so great about the build-up you know and 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 i loved it back then like kind of going the sidebar of the Starcades. that was back when um wcw had a, a relationship with new japan so yeah during those uh during those uh events and everything you world had War- world warriors they held the iw uh gp uh tag titles when they were in the nwa right and then you had then you had uh people like the great muda and uh um masahiro chono a few others uh, vader vader was iwgp uh champion um you mm-hmm. even during the Stan um, hansen was yeah yeah, so you had had this really good back and forth, and it was like you saw almost these matches that you only see a couple times a year, and they were and the buildup was awesome for these, you know. And even and you know the funny thing is just a sidebar on this also is that you had someone like Scott Norton who in WCW never really got the credit that he deserved, yeah. But he was huge in Japan, like he was IWGP yeah. heavyweight champion. Um, he was, he was even a part of the, uh, they had this like battle Royal, uh, um, at Russell Kingdom this year and he was actually one of the entrants mm-hmm. in it. So, uh, that was cool to see oh, that, wow. that he was, uh, he was there, but he was somebody that was, uh, a big name in, uh, in new Japan, uh, that just never got to do here in the States, you know? Um, even, yeah. even during the uh, whole uh, NWO time, he was part of like the NWO Japan kind of with uh, Great Muda mm-hmm. and Chono. So uh, I always liked that, that the, sort of the dynamic that they had back in the day. And that's what kind of like a lot of the stuff, especially with the Omega and Okada thing, felt like. It was just this amazing buildup. And I knew this match was going to be amazing. And it did. I got to go back and rewatch it like when I'm fully like awake. But oh my God, dude, it was it was crazy. And like, they like I, I found the file and the file was like four gigs. I didn't have time. I knew it would take longer than an hour to download it, but I might download it tonight and uh, watch it in the morning, man. Yeah, you, everything the, I heard about it was great. Yeah, all the and all and all the matches were good. They uh, they contended eight championships uh, uh, throughout the whole show. You know the junior heavyweight tag titles and all that the six man titles the never open weight titles everything was good um adam cole uh regained his uh, ring of honor uh world championship by beating kyle o'reilly that was a that was a fantastic match uh there were there was just it was like there was just there's so much to talk about and the thing is is like um, a year ago, you know, over a year ago, that's when uh, AJ Styles, Nakamura, and Gallows and Anderson left New Japan, and they were wondering, you know, what's going to be a, uh, become of this company after these guys leave because they because they depended so much on on all those guys. What right. where they're at now is actually really incredible because they were able to uh, really mold a lot of Stay the. Stay to the left. Stay to the left. Thank you. But uh, they were right. able to uh, bring up a lot of the the younger guys, and a lot of the guys stepped up that were kind of having trouble getting their footing before, 
like someone like uh, Tetsuo uh, Nato, he's the current uh, Intercontinental mm-hmm. Championship. Uh, he beat uh, yeah. Tanahashi last night to re- uh, to uh, uh, defend his uh, belt. For years, he was kind of struggling in sort of the mid card status. There, he was a uh, he was like a baby face, no real like identity. But then he kind of took on this identity of this. Uh, um, with this uh, heel crew down in the CML, CMLL uh, um, wrestling in uh, Mexico, Los Engablanaves, they um, it was called Los Engablanaves. He brought the okay. uh, he brought that 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 stable to Japan and called it uh, uh, Los Engablanaves de Japan. And he started to okay. to uh, he he had this heel character that was so awesome where he just basically didn't care his his. He would take like basically like ten minutes to walk down the uh, the entrance way, just like not caring. Sometimes he'd wear a mask, whatever. But he just had this like I just don't care, whatever. Lackadaisical attitude, and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. And then he uh, brought in um, uh, there was this wrestler who was kind of like uh, in between uh, New Japan and um, Ring of Honor. His name was uh, Watanabe. He re- he uh okay he uh reinvented himself and he's called evil now he's his new persona is really awesome he's a part of the crew and then they added a couple other guys this other guy named um uh, sonata and then another guy who's uh he's who's like a um who's more like a junior heavy like a junior heavyweight kind of like a cruiserweight uh named bushi that he's incredible and then um they recently added another guy uh hiromo takahashi uh, okay. He's like a younger guy who kind of, who recently kind of went through the whole young boys thing in Japan and um, came to Ring of Honor. It's, it's what they call an excursion. After you do the uh, young boys, uh, sort of your young boy uh, time, you, what you have to do is mm-hmm. you kind of have to go on, you kind of go on a mission. You got to go, you go somewhere else. You go like, go to another uh, country to wrestle and uh he went to uh ring of honor and did time there but now he's back in uh new japan and he's a part of the whole uh los Engablanables crew so they okay. like they have such a, a really tight stable now and a- and after um um after uh russell kingdom everyone everyone in that uh in that crew like won belts but because um, I think three of them were uh, they won the never open weight uh, six man tag team championship, but it looks like they mm-hmm. were but it looks like those guys actually lost it the next night uh, because uh, New Japan does their uh, New Year's Dash event the next night, and it looks like they were defeated by uh, Tanahashi and Tanahashi Nakamishi and uh, Taguchi, so it looks like they, okay. they they lost their belts like the next night, but. One of the coolest things, uh, just one of the coolest things to happen though, um, this week for uh, New Japan also was at the New Year's Dash uh, event. We saw the return of another, another old heel stable, the Suzuki Gun stable, uh, mm-hmm. led by Minoru Suzuki. They've been uh, basically over at the oh. uh, the Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, company for the past two years sort of wreaking havoc um suzuki um minoru suzuki has been uh uh in pro wrestling since the late 80s you know this guy is a bit of a legend you know um and he's also the one of the found uh 
he was actually one of the founding members, I guess, of Pancreas out in, J- in Japan. Okay. Yeah, so he's um, he has this um, whole heel stable called Suzuki Gun. They came out last night at the uh, New Year's Dash event and basically uh, beat up the whole Chaos uh, crew. Chaos is Okada's um, stable. Um, basically just mm-hmm. laid them all out. So I still got to watch that, but I'm super psyched. Like, New Japan, with what they're doing right now, are even farther along than I thought they would after, you know, losing uh, AJ Styles and Nakamura and, and those guys. So I'm mm-hmm. super excited to see where it's going. It's like, I'm, and they're at this point now where, okay, over the past, like, years or so, especially, um, especially with the Bullet Club thing, um, they've been actually able to um, break out with their attention outside of Japan globally and get interest over here and in other places in Europe and whatnot with uh, what they're doing. Because New Japan's been around for a while, but there was a good stretch where they were close to shutting their doors because the interest, the interest was so low and things just weren't working out properly. Um, but over the past few years, they did add a few... Um, sort of like western ideals like from the states mm-hmm. and everything to their promotion in and, and that's what sort of saved them you know and their interest is like getting is getting back to where it used to be and i think 2017 yeah and i think 2017 is going to be a big year for new japan they're actually going to be uh, they actually already they um announced it during uh uh, Russell Kingdom, they're actually going to be doing two dates in in uh, in June in Long Beach, California, uh, just full uh, in, New Japan uh, shows. So um, I'm. You want to you want to go? Oh, dude, I'm ch- I'm going to try to go to that, dude. I, I'm keeping my eye out about what when tickets will go on sale or whatnot. I definitely want to go to that because I, I I've seen some of the guys from New Japan at like um, Russell at um, Ring of Honor shows. But I actually mm-hmm. want to see a real, real Japan show, and that would be great to to go see, you know. Me and Mo was talking about um, linking up and trying to, you know, depending on how close the shows are, you know, we was talking about flying out to go see a Ring of Honor show, or, or but that new Japan show is right. That's man, that that's that's right up the alley too. You know, I like the fact that, that that it just it reminds you of old territories. Yes. You know, um, and and the fact that you see multiple champions and they're all from different organizations. Yes. You know, but yet they're competing against each other. It definitely reminds me of when you had a Florida champion, a Mid Atlantic champion, of. Uh, uh, a national champion, a Texas champion. Like, you had regional champions, but yet, you know, you will see Ric Flair go to all these different territories to wrestle their best. And that's... It it just reminds me of, you know, how shit used to be, man. She carried the the Von Erics with the American Championship and World Class going against the NWA champion or the AWA champion. Like, everything used to be territories until Vince, you know, uh, basically single-handedly monopolized it, you know, to – I mean, not not, 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 not really, but, yeah, 
yeah, he pretty much monopolized, you know, the game. But right. and it, I, I think in order for wrestling, real wrestling, to be competitive, you you have to have somebody that you can go against. And I'm not talking about the TNAs because, you know, I mean, I, I like TNA. I like certain things right. with TNA. But when their bankroll don't match the WWE, it, it just it takes away from what the product could be. I mean, you see the visual of what they might try to do or, or might be trying to do, but you only have a few that will stand out and make you watch that program. Like, like I, I only watch TNA because of AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, I'm just keeping it real. Um, and just like now, people only really watch TNA because of the Hardy, you know, because of, you know, brother Nero and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, Matt Hardy's, uh, new, New character. What's his new character? What's his Broken name? Matt Hardy. <laughs> Broken. <laughs> <laughs> Broken Matt Hardy. That 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 I love how he talks, man. <laughs> but In the honorable ring. I seen the I seen Mo show me this promo of uh him coming on the screen at the ring of honor talking to the uh talking to the young bucks. Yeah, that was great. And the uh, Man, the fans gave him a huge pop. I thought that was real dope. Right, that was that was fantastic. I, see, I love shit like that. You know, that was really unexpected, yeah. man. And I, I love stuff like that. And and the thing is, with what um WWE is doing, WWE is at this point where now they're like, instead of um, like instead of working with other organizations, they're like, we're just gonna make our own. You know, because like they're yeah. they're doing the, the um, UK shit sound corny. No, yeah, and the thing is. It's okay. It's cool that there's going to be certain wrestlers that are going to finally get some shine, and that's usually my my plus to any of that. Some of these things, you know, are going to uh, draw some attention to some wrestlers that might, you know, not necessarily get attention in certain uh, parts of the globe. But at the same time, no. it's just like you you t- you know how manufactured it is, and you don't know how much um, that you don't know how w- how much that. De- how much WWE is dedicated towards that li- that little product that they're uh, that they're uh, you know dishing out to us? You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's not like the partnerships that um that New Japan has with CMLL or Ring of Honor or NOAA. Exactly. Or, it's, exactly. It, it's not like that. It doesn't seem it don't it doesn't seem authentic. It seems almost like forced. Yeah, it, it's really forced, and it's. And it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't really give you that that old territory feel. You know what I'm saying? No, nope. like, at all. No, nope, they don't. And and that's what I, that's that's what I really like the most. You know, like like I was saying before, I was watching those old Starcades, and it's just like, oh my god! Like I honestly think when when I look back to those old Starcades, like if you go 83, 80, 45, like I think I might mm-hmm. like those more than any of the stuff that WWF was doing back then. Because mm-hmm. there was this like there was just there was this competition between everybody. Like you would think, you would literally think Dusty Rhodes was about to kill Ric Flair. Like, oh man! <laughs> like literally, hard times, hard times, hard times. Like I thought, like I thought, I thought, like literally, like 
like whoever like Ric Flair was going against, I thought they were literally plotting to kill Ric Flair. <laughs> I was like, Flair was man, Flair was the greatest man. This, I'm like, his promos, man. Soon you see him walk up, he'd be like, Tony Savani, <laughs> <laughs> and you knew he was gonna go right in. I like how he used to interact with the crowd. He'd be like, <laughs> you see these shoes right here? These alligators. These alligator shoes cost more than your house. <laughs> Sit down, chump. <laughs> right. Those were always fantastic, man. I, I One day I was just sitting on YouTube watching all these promo uh, compilations that put people put together for uh, of old Ric Flair promos, and I'm just like, dude, this is... This is so incredible. This is incredible. Yeah, see, and I used to, like, when people was watching Hogan, I'd be like, man, y'all ain't got a clue, man. This dude, Ric Flair, man. I I would be at home waiting for World Championship Wrestling to come on on, on WTBS, man. And for them two hours, you couldn't fuck with me. You couldn't fuck with me from 6 to 8. And you couldn't fuck with me from 6 to 7 on Sundays. Because it was 6 to 8 on Saturdays and 6 to 7 on Sundays. It only came on one hour, man. But, yeah, that was my – that's when wrestling was – oh, man. You know what's, yeah, you know what's crazy was, about those old, uh, about those old like, Starcades was that, that the announcers and everything made ever, – even those stupid matches at the beginning made them seem important, man. Like, made them seem like oh, yeah. grudge fights. Like <laughs> – you 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 wanted to see every match like see not now it's not like that with me now like when I when when I watch certain pay per views I don't want to see everybody on the pay per view I only want to see certain matches whereas yesteryear you wanted to see every match on the card because everything had a storyline that went with it and it just it had a storyline that went with it and it was less it was less less of the acting and all the other shit. Right. It was, okay, yeah, we, we, you know, we did this last week. Okay, let, let's get it on. But it's not drawn, drawn the fuck out like how Vince does it. It's like he keeps you in suspense four, five, six weeks until we see that, see the, the, the matchup in the pay-per-view. And I get it, but simplify it sometimes, man. You don't have to, you know, draw, you know, things out for so long without getting your point across, man, because if we want to see the match, we, we want to see the match, whether it be six weeks or whether it be tomorrow. Right. So, you know, yeah, I'm definitely with you uh, on that. I miss that type of shit, too. Speaking of which, did you see the um this past week on SmackDown, the, the AJ Styles and uh, John Cena uh, contract signing? Yeah, I seen it. Oh, dude, that that was incredible. I I love that segment. SmackDown is running the show right now. That, SmackDown dude. is doing a hell of a job. But with but with that, the funny thing was with that that uh with that contract signing uh segment, and then right after they go to a backstage uh uh promo where um where Maurice uh, ends up slapping Renee Young. I'm like sitting here, I'm like, you guys are just killing it with these storylines and keeping them like, keeping them going like in a logical way. And I'm like, you know who I'm happy for? I'm happy for the Miz because it seems like the Miz is shining again. It's, it, I remember yes. when they pushed him too quick 
when he went straight to the world title. And after a while, you would barely see him on TV or even in a mid-card status. Right. Now it's like, now it's like you see that he's shining again, man. And I got a, I got a feeling we're going to see the strap on him a couple more times. I think he's going to be world champion a couple more times because he's gotten that much better. He's, he's he, gotten that much better. He's one even of, losing the Intercontinental title, he, he still didn't lose any air body. No, no. And he's, he's actually one of my favorites. He's actually always been a good worker. You can always put him in to anything that you need somebody in there for, and it will work. Um, did you happen to see uh, the, the Talking Smack segment afterwards? Nah. You know, I, I didn't see it. I, I do... Um, I do uh, have a copy of it. I'm I'm gonna check that out. I might check it out uh, when I get to the crib, man. But, oh my god! Uh, yeah, I, what what uh did him and Daniel have another segment? Uh, it wasn't wasn't it something about um not liking like the part time wrestlers or something like that? Yeah, it was it was stuff like that, and he went to- he went totally Ric Flair meltdown. On there, dude. It was so good. It was so good. He like, you remember the times when Ric Flair would just totally melt down, like in lose it after he loses his belt. Yeah, he, he did the same yeah. exact thing, and it was perfection, you know. And yeah, it was about the whole part time, uh, um, part time wrestlers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was, dude. It it was so Miz. Miz is actually one of my favorites, and I, and I. He's he's one of the only like true heels in the company. And it's yeah. And he's he's been he's been just a, a really good consistent um, person uh, on on SmackDown there, and, and and like I said, I just I just like what they've been doing. Like SmackDown as a whole has been uh, been really consistent with keeping everything sort of together. You know. That's because Shane run the SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that Smack. I mean that. Raw has three hours, and it's less of the show than what Smack. I don't even get geeked over Raw no more, Max. This me neither. Like, did 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 we did we see Dolph Ziggler? Did we see this new angle with Dolph Ziggler even coming of his turn of him turning heel? That was fantastic that too, coming. man. Like, he, that's something we needed for a while, and and they did it in a way where we care. Like. Like once we once once that happened, people cared, you know. Yep. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I'm liking what I, what I'm seeing uh, from SmackDown, man. I I hope you know Raw gets a you know a shot in the arm real soon with Finn Balor coming back. Yes. And yes. I'm waiting on my boy Joe. Joe got to hurry up and get up here. <laughs> oh, definitely. We need Joe. Small Joe, we need you on the main roster. I don't care where you go. Yeah, we need Joe we need, on the main. We need, we need some more Joe. Joe on the main roster. Right, and then and then uh, it looks like uh, this coming Monday, um, HBK is going to be on Raw, and then the Undertaker, who apparently gives zero fucks about the brand split, will be on will be on uh, Raw also. So we'll see what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm- I'm curious to see what the Undertaker go doing on Raw next week. You know, since he's a SmackDown guy, what are you doing on on, on Raw? Yeah, I, yeah. Apparently, he gives zero fucks about uh, the brand split. You know, Undertaker will go anywhere. 
the undertaker wants to go so <laughs> and this is true <laughs> and this is definitely true all right enough wrestling mm. talk let's get over to the mma world um yeah a whole lot of things happening uh let's first start off with this um apparently miracle Krokop is retiring he uh mm-hmm. he says that he has a lot of health mm-hmm. issues and he's finally gonna you know we saw the last of them at the um, rising uh, events uh, just the, um, last week. Well, um, definitely had an illustrious career, a lot of, a lot of championships. Um, he's beat, you know, he's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Um, you know, I, I, I would say he's top five, in my opinion. Um just fighting the fighters that he fought over in Pride and over in Japan. Um, if he's, you know, retiring with honor, you know, because we still haven't, you know, got certain things back yet, so we don't know in, until we until we hear, you know, about the results of these tests. But if he won straight up, then, you know, salute to him, man. Um, you know, he... Beat my boy in the first round. Mo was pretty much dominating that fight, and um, you know it happens in, in, in mixed martial arts, man. You win, you know. Uh, I've been a, a part of a lot of victories and been a part of a, of a few L's, but um, you know, Crow Cop, you know, Mo went in, you know, the, the for a single trying to get him down and. Uh, Krokop wound up, you know, spinning, spinning him around and he let his hands go and, you know, he caught him. You yeah. know, Mo, you know, for a split second, you know, was probably out, but then soon he hit the mat, he was up and he was more so like, damn, I can't believe I got caught. But Mo is the type of fighter to where he wants to immediately get right back in there and no matter after a fight, whether you win or lose, you, you know, it shows a lot when you want to get right back in there. Right. You know, so Mo, Mo want to get right back in there. And that's what real fighters do. Um, they get, you know, they, after this, after the defeat, you know, the Japanese fans, you know, that's what Mo got famous at, you know, you know, when I first discovered him, you know, um, through videos or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the fans was chanting his name, you know, uh, you know, after he lost. Yeah, you know, and that's something that you don't, right. you don't, you don't hear that, like in the UFC or Bellator, you don't hear that. So it was a different type of appreciation. And it almost helps you forget that you just took an L. <laughs> right, right. Um, um, and, you know, he there's no shame with him. He, you know, uh, took it like a man, gave props where it was at, you know, and then asking for a rematch. You know, people don't understand, man. You know, Mo basically didn't have no training camp. Um, we had just had a fight on the 16th, and you're talking about 14, uh, 13 days later, him turning around. You know, you think about it, you, you, you flying back 
from Ireland back home, and then, you know, your body's getting adjusted to the time, and then you got to leave right back out on, on Christmas Eve to fly in a different zone in Japan. Right. So his body was, was really different. You know, definitely not looking for no excuses, but, you know, um, no training camp, no none of that. He just went in there just, you know, some warrior shit. And, you know, he took a L, took it like a man. And, and you know, me, I'm the one that's like, man, you think he's juicing? You think he, what's going on with him? I'm, you know, Mo's like, he didn't care about that. He, you know, he lost, you know. Now, like I said, Cole Cop go out like that. With honor, can't do nothing but respect it. But I, I'm still waiting to, you know, hear these hear these results. But you never know, man. You talk about Japan, man, and <laughs> you know they they MMA scene pretty much run by the mob. So <laughs> you know, I mean, it is. That's just the reality of it. Right. You know, it's pretty much ran ran by the mob. So you know, they they do what they want to do over there. Right. You know, and that that's just the real. So. You know, um, you know, there is no, there, there is no shame in losing the MMA, man. You get back up on your horse and you start riding again, which makes me switch the next subject to the person we, you know, <laughs> gonna be talking about. All right, and that's Ronda Rousey. Right, definitely, definitely, like. Um, you know, she, she took the L in uh, 48 seconds to Amanda Nunes at uh, UFC 207. And uh, from that moment, dude, the the hot takes, the beating the girl when she's down, the the all sorts of everybody's expertise about MMA just came a flowing a minute later. <laughs> and um, th- this was this was like it's crazy to see everything ever since this fight, man. And um, and I guess everything that happened. Everything that everybody's talking about afterwards is almost like a result of this year since that Holly Holm fight of how she's how she's re, uh, reacted or not reacted and what the UFC has built up for this uh, this fight and what her team has built up in her. You know, it's crazy that um, um, it, it just it, it's crazy all the stuff that's sort of happening now uh, in regards to uh, Ronda Rousey. And, you know, everybody's hot takes in regards to uh, what happened, you know. Um, you know, what's your thoughts about it all? My, my question is, where are all these motherfuckers two years ago when I've been saying, I've been saying the same shit <laughs> for the longest. And, you know, I, I, I've kind of had to do this a little different because I don't want it. You know, I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't want to come off as the I told you so person because bottom line is you step in that cage, you know, or that square circle, right. you're risking your life. So she doing, you know, she risked her life, man. You always got to give props for that. You always got to give props for that. You always got to give props for stepping in that cage, you know. Yeah, and most people that sit up here and, and, and criticize, they ain't never threw no kicks. No real punches. They don't know what a single. They don't know what a double is. They don't know what a judo throw is. They don't know. Right. You know, me, Me. I'm kind of lucky. I've, you know, I've kind of lived that a little bit, man. But, you know, 
you always got some armchair quarterback that want to talk shit. And I can be pretty hard on Ronda, man. I, I You know, right. at the end of the day, you know, people want to, you know, oh, she's this, she's that. Blah, 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 blah. I said something the other day about how it would have been Gina Carano first. Um, perfect timing. She come around after Cyborg Smaster and she was that person. She had, it's something about you either having that it or you don't have that it. Right. Well, well, Ronda Rousey, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to want to clown or whatever, but you know, she has her moments where it's, you know, I mean, I don't find it like that, but she has her moments where it's like, okay, I see what people talk about, but then other things screw that up. Um, but there's enough I've of things that where she is marketable. I've seen a tweet. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Now, and- now the now there is. Um, I seen a, I seen a tweet today from Scott Coker where somebody was talking about Ronda Rousey was the first this that and the other. And then Scott Coker chimed in and said, well, no, Gina was actually the first um, one um, doing this, that, and the other. I said, damn, I just said that shit two days ago. That's, <laughs> right. You know, just said it two days ago, man. Um, as, as far as Rhonda, Rhonda never evolved. Rhonda is what I like to call the, the women's version of Hoist Gracie. She was, when she come around, you know, uh, you can train a couple years in martial arts and, yeah, you have that training, but your two, three years in martial arts don't match up to her waking up in the morning at two years old, getting out of arm bars for her mom. She did this shit, like, her entire life. You can't you can't teach what she know overnight when it comes judo because it, it, you know she's been doing that shit. like we imagine your mama a world champion judokan and every morning you know just on a whim you might have to escape a choke from your mama <laughs> right. not 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 to be on the bathtub but the, the, to to try to teach her. Yeah. So she that's been a that's been a part of her life every day since she probably can remember. So when you got people like me to say that I did this four five years and Casingano and did this three four five, it doesn't measure up to what Rhonda has done in judo. But what happened was Rhonda herself. She never evolved while all these other girls have been practicing from day one to defend that arm bar and to do other things that's not going to get me caught up to where I can get caught in that arm bar. What Rhonda didn't do, like to me, she should have went to a she should have went to a team. Edmund is a con artist, well, at least in my opinion, he's a con artist, man. If you look. If you look at the 15 wins that come out of his gym, Ronda has 12 of them. <laughs> you know, right. I'm just keeping it real. Travis, Travis Brown, ever since, he, ever since he switched to Edmund, he's only won one fight. And there's two other fighters that, all, that only won one fight with him. So you're talking about their record combined is like 15 and 26 or something like that. Ronda could have went 
anywhere. Rhonda could have met Joe Blow up the street and she still was going to be Rhonda Rousey. Anybody that anybody that had an opportunity to, to work with her from the very beginning, you're talking about a judo bronze medalist? Yeah. She was going to win anyway. So, you know, and I've heard stories where when she first went to the gym and they didn't want to work with her because she was a girl. You know, so, you know, I think Rhonda, I remember the strike force fighter who was real humble. And then years later, you see the person and it seems like she started believing her own press clippings. Yeah. Um, with, with fighting, it's all about, uh, and this, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to smash. I think a lot of, I spent a lot of years, like, um, putting my clown suit on, man, but I don't want to do that now because it seemed like that's, the thing to do with everybody. No, I want to take know, the high road on um, this because, like, I I, I want to take the high road on all on this uh, yeah, Rousey discussion because I really do want her to figure out what's wrong with her and her camp. I want to go, her, and I would I would like need to, to go see to her, another team. I would like to see her fight again, but I I know she's gonna need, I would she would need to to change something up. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the things that um. No, 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 some one of the things that I see common amongst a lot of fighters, though, and, and this even um includes CM Punk, was that mm-hmm. whether you win or you lose, a lot of them said, I had fun doing this. This was the time of my life. I, I had fun in every aspect of it. That's something that I never felt with her recently. Like, I don't think she's having she fun. She used to smile. She. She, she used to smile. She said, do all. I I remember seeing her. I, I, I discovered her around the same time me and Mo um, got cool. I think she, Mo was in the promotion first, yeah. and then she came. You know, so I remember seeing her. You know, people don't even realize this, man. Ronda Rousey has, she never won the UFC title. It was something that was given to her. So you're talking about a whole weight class started for this one person yeah and that person and that and that person defended something that was given to him um she did a great job at it you can't front at it but i think a lot of the reasons you know i kind of agree with a man news on a lot of things like how is it that the other women weren't able to beat her i, I think a couple things right i think i think Fear had to do something with it. You know, people, you know, you say what you want, but if you know that she got nine victories and all victories come by armbar, that's going to be on your mind when you're in that cage. Right. And, and you know, you have people that lost to fear. You have people that lost to overthinking, Kat, Kat Zingano. You had people that... You know, like, styles make fights, man. Ronda's a strong chick, man. So, if you remember the, the second fight with Misha Tate, Misha was touching her up a little bit. And it wasn't, it wasn't until Ronda, you know, used her bread and butter. You know, um, but women have been preparing for Ronda Rousey the last five, six years. So, how is it that she does, like, most I, I, I I always got to use him as an example. Yeah. Most confident with his hands. He feel like he, he can throw hands with anybody, which he can because I've seen it. 
Um, but when it's when it come down to the nitty gritty, and when you need something, you got to use your you got to use your your jab to set up getting close to to pull off whatever you want to pull off. You know, whether it be a double or a single or her case, she wants to get to a certain level to where she can maneuver her hips to where she has control over, you know, that person's body. Yeah. I don't understand why she didn't try to slip a jab and try to get in close because her whole game is getting in close. How Edmund was, was able to convince her that she was a striker got to be one of the biggest con jobs ever because she's never looked good throwing hands. Okay, yeah, she knocked out Beth, uh, but to me that was suspect too because she kind of hit her in the back of the head with that. They give her a KO. Okay, I get it. Um, now you got people who don't know shit about mixed martial arts, you know, talking about, oh, she can, she can, oh, she can beat Floyd Mayweather. Oh, she, oh, Mike Tyson, da 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 da. <laughs> right. And you, 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 you build, you build this person up just to, and I'm a part of that too. I, I wasn't saying that. I definitely was on the opposite of that. Like, no, right. the fuck, she's not. She's not any of that. You only as good as your is your competition. And until you face somebody that's going that that's not scared and that's gonna give it back to you, then you don't know what you're really made of. These last two fights, you know, these last two fights is everything that I've been saying for the last three four years about Ronda Rousey. You know, they kept her away from Chris Cyborg all these years for a reason. Because she can't take a punch. She cannot take a punch. Nothing can prepare you for getting hit. Everybody got a plan until they get hit in the fucking mouth. Right. And, and <laughs> right, and Amanda Nunes can pack a punch. Yeah. See, hit you, throw punches like a dude. Look, quiet as Cam, I think Gina, Gina Carana would have probably knocked Ronda Rousey out. Gina had hands. Right. Gina had hands. Um, Chris Cyborg would destroy Ronda. She probably would beat Ronda Rousey quicker than, than the 48 seconds. You know, like, Chris Cyborg is a monster. Like, that, yes, he's the real deal, man. People can say what they want about Chris Cyborg, man. The UFC knew what they was doing, keeping her, you know, you, you got your golden egg out there that's producing all these figures. You gonna keep you gonna keep the golden egg, you know, from 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 the beast, because Chris Cyborg is is what her name is a cyborg, and, and you know for years, you know they've been hiding Ronda and making excuses. Now, there was a reason for that, you know. We want Chris to come down to one thirty five. You know that's not happening. No. You know that's not happening. You know. Um, I don't want to, you know, come off like I'm hating. I mean, because she's beating me. She's, I mean, she's, you know, styles make fights. You know, uh, Amanda Nunes, you know, she lost to Kat Zingano. She lost, she lost to three people that Ronda Rousey beat in seconds. So styles make fights. And I just know that with Ronda Rousey, the whole fear factor played a lot. similar to Tyson. When you wasn't scared no more, he, he, he wasn't the same fighter. You know, people seen her get knocked out. It's almost like when you're watching Rocky four and he hit the Russian and the guy says he's bleeding. 
you know, it's like he's human. Right. You know, so that knockout was people said she can get beat. Ain't nobody scared now. So, you know, I don't want to see her go out like this, man. I, I, w- I would like to see her get rid of that coach, go to another. Hell, Chris Cyborg even offered to, to train her, which is hilarious to me. Right. So um, did uh, Team Alpha Male. Even uh, even uh, Floyd Mayweather Sr. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have have offered to, to, to help her with her craft, her ego. She need to get rid of the – you're only as good as your team, man. You need to get rid of the people who don't have your best best interests, you know, and she needs to listen to her mom a lot more because her mom knows what the fuck she's talking about. And know what? This, this whole year uh, between fights um, of her just uh, not being – 400 uh, days of inactivity, 400 and some odd days – of inactivity. Yeah, not saying anything. And when you did see her, it was, co- it was sort of like it had a snarl on her face or whatever. Um, then she finally, when she finally did go out, she like came out, she like go on something on Ellen and do that sort of interview. If she just came out, even if it was just once or twice and was like kept it real and was like, okay, this fight against Holly Holm, it really sort of. You know, it rocked me. It took me off of uh, this big plan that I had in my head to to be an undefeated champion when I retire. Um, I got to, you know, if she was just really humble at that time, maybe people would have uh, got behind her after this loss. Or maybe it would have changed things differently uh, for this fight. But there was, she was just in this whole other world. Look, look, look. That if she If she would have interviewed after that fight and gave props up to Amanda, she probably wouldn't, it wouldn't be half of the backlash of what she's getting right now. It looks like a spoiled, whiny kid that can dish it out, but can't take it. That's what it looks like. Right. Hello? You know, yeah, just, uh, you know, just for us looking outside, looking in, if she could just find sort of like, I guess that joy of being an MMA fighter again. And uh, I think that would change a lot of things, you know, because if you um look at, um you know, another fight that happened on uh, 207 the, uh, with Cruz and Garbrandt, amazing fight, oh, man, amazing fight. The lead up to it was exactly what fighters should do. Talk a lot of shit. Um, Garbrandt was able to uh, figure Cruz out. Hand him his first loss since 2007. He's the yeah, new uh, nine, nine years. I'm talking about nine years of not losing. Nine years of not losing. But then after it, Cruz came out like and and, and, and gave it up for him and gave him a. It was really classy, and I'm not gonna say he took it like a man. He took it like a champion, and yeah. gave it up to Garbrandt and kept it really classy. And that's what that's what I like about. That and what I think a lot of uh, the stuff in particularly MMA should be, you know, leading up to the fight, selling the fight, talk all the shit that you want, try to get in each other's head, go in there, duke it out. But then for that time period afterwards, give it up for who won, give it up for who lost, be classy. The way of the warrior, the way of the warrior is all about honor. Yeah, have and, honor after that fight. You know what I'm saying, and that was something that we just didn't know, see with uh, with Ronda Rousey, and that's what I. If she just had that, 
a lot more people would be behind her, and the backlash wouldn't be so strong. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree, man. It wouldn't be as bad as what it is right now, man. But, again, you have to, you know, I would put her mom in charge of her uh, in charge of her group. Her mom knows, you know. Her mom, her mom, whew, her mom was like, this guy is not good. You know, I've seen her, seen her interview, you know, uh, after the fight, TMZ asked her, uh, you know, what are your feelings about her coach? And she was kind of mum about it for a second. She's like, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, my feelings haven't changed on her coach. And all I could do is bust out laughing because she called that shit. Her mama called it. Right. So, and I start, I start looking at, all the fighters, he, you know, like he got Clay Guido over there, Travis Brown. He got a couple of fighters over there. Um, but if you look at his record, 12 of those 15 victories are from Ronda Rousey. He's not like a very good coach, man. Travis Brown was a fucking monster, was about to be number one, number two contender. Went to fucking this dude has been two and five. Um, that's coaching. Ronda Rousey looking the way she looked, you know, this past, uh, you know, last weekend. That's coaching. She just she looked like the biggest amateur of all time on, on Saturday. It's like, wow, where did that person go that got close to you? And you know, um, yeah. She don't. She ain't the person. She, you know, she definitely can take that. She can definitely. She can get Piper his name back now, cause I don't think she like really deserved that shit. I didn't like that shit from the beginning. You know, you you're not rowdy. You're just round to rousey. You know, um, but I don't want to see her quit like this. Hopefully, she can go to another camp. And uh, you know. She may have one more good pay per view. I think people, you know, a, 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 you know, spend a pretty penny to see her. You know, if she succeeds, it's a great story. If not, then we already know what it is. But I, I think her losing the way she did last weekend is going to hurt her chances in Hollywood. Um, what what made Rhonda special was she had the aura of, you know. Uh, invincibility. Nothing is special about her anymore. Like what makes Floyd Mayweather special is he's never lost. I mean, he's great and he's good, but he's never taken the L. So people can say whatever they want about him, but when you introduce him, you better introduce him as a dude that's 49 and old. Right. So as long as you got that old, you know, next to you people, there's it's always going to be that you know, it's something about him. Ronda don't possess that no more. In fact, in fact, in fact, it's weakened. It's weakened because the, her last two defeats were, I mean, think about it. You're trying to be an action hero, but the last, your last two fights, you look like you've gotten killed. <laughs> you know, um, it don't add up. It just doesn't add up. So I think she needs the whole entire makeover, including – most importantly, you know, what do you want to do? You, do you want to be that person that you was and 
you know, learn the other shit, but use your bread and butter. You know, Rhonda needs to learn how to do shit to make, she needs to do, she needs to learn how to get in effectively without taking any strikes and using her judo. That's, that should be her game plan. Yeah. If you if the shot is there, if the shot is there, take the shot. But you know, you know all that old macho man shit. Of, you know, I'm a striker. Yeah, I'm a strike winner. That's not what you are. That's not who you are. You know, stick to what got you to the dance. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Fix it. The old adages. You know that that shit is real. Right. You know, but but you want to try to be Kung Fu Joe and. <laughs> You see what happened, you know. So, you know, I, I'm getting off of really clowning her because right. what she was was the first person that was first woman that was in that position to really, well, Gina Carano was technically, but you know, with her getting smashed by Chris Cyborg, it just it took the mystique away. But Rhonda, Rhonda was doing stuff in a matter of seconds, and, and you know, she became you know, the most popular fighter, you know, in, in, in UFC. And she was a woman. Well, who would have ever thought that? But, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully she reevaluates her, her, her situation and, you know, she get back in there. I would love to see her get back in there, man, and conquer them demons. Right. But I, I just, I don't know, you know, it's the whole punch thing, man. Like when I seen her get her get hit the first time, I was like, "Ooh, she don't want it." Because usually you get hit, and you might see a little grimace from a person. Right. Rhonda got hit, and she grabbed her. She grabbed her bottom, like her bottom mouth, like she was checking on her tooth. So who do that in a fight? Like, nah, take your lumps and, and bring them back. But to me, that was kind of vain. You making sure your tooth still in there. You you know, worry about that tube later. You know, right. you got somebody trying to take your head off. So, you know, the sad thing is UFC is not going to do the right thing. They're not going to put the marketing dollars behind Amanda Nunes because she doesn't have the it or whatever it is. Um, I think it would be super dope for them to get behind her. Cause she's a, she, she can be a champion for the gay and lesbian community. Right. That's something, and and just and just imagine UFC taking maybe pioneer wise as as you know one of the first official sports organizations that you know um, really pushed a gay and lesbian athlete. Yeah, that story Think has not been that. told at all. You know, they didn't tell any story about they her didn't at, tell all. at all. And that was one of the craziest things is because the, um. Before you know, during the way the ceremonial weigh-ins and at the fight, like the crowd booed Nunes because all they thought about it was that's Ronda Rousey's opponent, and that's all it was. Yeah. So they booed her, and they ain't no shit about her. But they don't yep. know shit about her. You know what I'm saying? And which which is such a disservice because her story, um, like you just said, could be a definitely a, a positive for the UFC and for MMA in general. Yeah, and then you you talk about you bring a whole different audience in over over here. It's like it's like you know it, you crossing over to a whole nother audience, man. And now it's their champion, so 
know, they'll be tuned in. They'll be tuned in to cheer their champion on because that's their champion. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't get how they dropped the ball. You know, but hey, it is what it is, man. I just, I know, you know. Hopefully, Ronda makes, you know. First off, she's healthy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear, you know, there's no suicidal issues again. Right. But, you know, ultimately, you just, you know, I, even with me being hard on John Jones, I want to see John Jones win, but he makes it so hard with all the stuff that he does. Right. And we at were, least the we're, things that, at least the things that, that are reported, because I don't know personally, but, right. you know, the things have been reported, and it always makes him look like, you know, a big dick and I mean no homo but um it almost it always makes him look you know like the lesser uh the lesser individual and right and we were talking about know, that before um and like this is like a great time for uh Ronda Rousey to reinvent herself and we were talking about that with John Jones that if he can get past his demons and come back and win all will be forgiven they'll be back on track people you know love a winner people yeah. love a winner you know, you win, they forget about the rest of the dumb shit. Right. If, so, if Ronda Rousey you know, can reinvent herself and be like, okay, this was my story before. This is my story now. This is the warrior that I'm, I want to be right now. I had some, some yeah. stuff happened. I want to be this sort of person now. And it's someone, someone that, that, that people can get behind. Dude, they'll get behind her. And if she wins again, yo, every, I'll be forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, she should have did. She should have had a tune-up match first. They should have never thrown her in there with the lioness off rip, man. You you had been in a cage 400 and some odd days, and you immediately get a title shot. I thought that was kind of, you know, you know. I thought that was bullshit. But I, I don't think she can fuck with Pina. I don't think you know. She definitely still can't fuck with Holmes, Nunez. Um, I think she'll still fuck over Misha Tate, and that's because, you know, I think Misha just small. You know, she ragged out Misha. Yeah. Um, definitely ain't fucking with Chris Cyborg. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of women out there. The Sarah McMahon fight. Um, she catches her with a needle to solo to the to to the you know to the kidney. Um, that doesn't happen often. You know, it happened with her, you know, but I think Sarah McMahon, that, that was the person that I thought was really going to gonna be able to do something with Ronda because of her wrestling pedigree. You know, usually wrestling, you know, if you if you got like some type of, you know, grappling art form, wrestling cancels that out. You know, so if you got judo, if you got uh, jujitsu, wrestling cancels out your grappling. Yeah. You know, um, that's why Mo wasn't worried about, uh, he wasn't worried about Ishii, you know, with his gold medal, um, you know, judo. Because really, without geese, judo can be pretty ineffective. <laughs> you know, with the geese on, you know, judo is very effective. Without the geese, you know, Judo people need stuff to grab on so they can manipulate, you know, movements to so they can be able to throw. Without being able to grab, what are you going to do? You know, so it's one of them things, man. But, you know, she never evolved, man. So, uh, um, 
hopefully she, you know, get a new team, man. You know, she got options, you know, and if she decides to walk away, her, her bank account probably fatter than anybody in the UFCs right now, <laughs> with, probably with the exception of Connor. Right, you know, right. So, fighter-wise, anyway. So, you know, ain't no shame, you know, but for years people have been gassing her up as the best of all time, and that's not what she was. She was she was the first. She, what I know, she was the first. So, you know, we can, we can give her, you know, kudos for, you know, uh, I mean, because of her, you know, we have women in MMA and the UFC. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, um, hopefully she can, you know, re- rebound for this. But if not, you know, it's, it's been good for her. Um, that Cody kid is going to go far, man. Um, I've never seen anybody do that to Dominic Cruz. Dude, that was um, fantastic, man. Oh, my goodness, man. That. Yeah, he's going. He's going far. I I was like, oh wow, look at this shit. Wow, you know, I'm typically in a in 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 a cruise fight. You know, first second round. You know, but you know, by the third round, he's coming. Yeah, he's coming in the fourth round. He's coming in the fifth round. That never happened. It just never happened in any of those rounds. And I I just was like, wow, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, good for him, man. Congratulations to that kid. I didn't pick him, but uh, he proved me wrong. So, you know, salute to him. Um, what we got coming? What we got coming up next? Oh, what do you what do you think is next for Cody Garbrandt? Because they've been throwing a lot of names out there for him. I already I already said he want to get Cruz a rematch first. Yeah. Uh, it's either it's either gonna be Cruz or, or TJ. Yeah. And I think he'll knock TJ the fuck out. I think, you know, TJ has turned into the biggest whiner. He has turned into the biggest whiner, man. So I kind of want to see him get knocked out. You know, he's 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 Dominic Jr. to me. You know, he wasn't moving like that. You know, if you look at old TJ compared to new TJ, he had to spend some hours watching Dominic Cruz footwork. <laughs> no way in the world. No way in the world you just able to just do that shit overnight, man. And he, he, you know, he looked like Dominic Cruz Jr. That's why it was easy for Dominic Cruz to, to beat him because that's his fucking style of fight, you know. To me, you know, but uh, yeah, Cody gonna hold on to that belt until, you know, until he fucks up, get caught, you know. But the sky's the limit with that dude. I don't see him. I thought a problem would be, you know, by the third round, he probably would gas because you never see him go past the first round. But nah, he was, you know, uh, he, he was, he was, he was still chill, man. In the third round, man, he was still the whole fight. He, he, it was like he, he was so loose. Man, he was so loose the whole fight, man. It just was like, wow, man. It, it was, it was, a, that was a great, great fight, man. That was just a great showing for Cody Garbrandt, like, like, so, like. I'm excited to uh, you know see where he takes it after this, man. He's you know definitely has a cool energy with it all. I would go. I would go ahead and give it to. Uh, I would give it to Dominic just to piss off um, TJ. <laughs> you fucking whiner, man. 
What you think about uh, Woodley and, and Biz being talking about they want to fight each other? Hey man, it's I know I know I know uh, Woodley's always trying to get that money fight, you know. He, he wanna they both want money fight. They both want money fights. Uh, just like Cody Cody calling out um Connor right now. Everybody wanna do the whole money thing, money yeah. fight thing. And here's the thing. I wanna hear Dana say, You're not Connor, you're not Rhonda. You know? Right. Um some people, and the thing is, he he started some shit by allowing other fighters to do certain shit. So, how is he gonna tell uh, Woodley that he can't fight Bisbee? No, you motherfucker, you gonna fight Wonder Boy, man? You know, there's not gonna uh, be any there's not gonna be any uh, title uh, fights for a long time if they keep on doing this. <laughs> well, all they're doing, all, I, I like Teron Woodley, but um. You know, I root for him. I do root for him. I ain't gonna front. Right. Um. Just, just, just for the fact that you know, I was watching him when didn't nobody know who he was coming out of Missouri and in Strike Force. Right. Um. I root for him, but sometimes, man, you know, when he talk, it's like, dude, you, you know, you need to defend your belt a couple times before you start talking that, you know, super fight shit. Um, I can understand Michael Biz being asking for because Mike, you know, even though I think he's full of shit at times, with just from the things that I see, um, he's paid his dues. He's been the UFC. He got more UFC victories than anybody ever. So yeah, I can understand him. I can, you know, he's he's dying down on his career, so he's trying to, you know, he's been in the wars with the greats, you know. I think Teron need to have a couple more on the fights before he start demanding that type stuff. Um, um, Cody, I think Cody need to defend it against Cruz and TJ before he started talking stuff about what he wants. You know, there are fights out there for these guys, man, but a lot of these guys ain't doing nothing but thinking about, you know, um, they, they, you know they want that super fight. They want that. They want the pay per view uh, buys. They want all that crazy stuff. So I feel like the only person who wants to actually, is, my friend, it is what, a friend, what it is. And, I feel like the only person who wants to know. actually defend his belt is uh, Demetrius Johnson right now. He's saying he's like, I'm gonna win twelve. And don't more. get no love. <laughs> it gets no love. He was like, I want to. He's like, I want to win twelve more title defenses. You know, like he wants to defend his title. Man, it gets no love. He, he literally gets no love. He literally love. gets no love. Uh, <laughs> I mean, straight up thinking this bullshit. Like, that's some bullshit, man. Y'all, y'all go do this dude like that. Really? Really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely sucks, man. Definitely sucks. But we, we, uh, we go, uh, we go see what's going to happen, what's going to unfold in the next couple months. Kind of closing out this uh, podcast, you know, uh, there's been a lot of things going back and forth between uh, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov and uh, um, Tony Ferguson in regards to what's going to happen with these next fights. Um, even uh, Habib even, like, you know, offered to pay him the money that uh, the UFC wasn't going to pay to uh, Tony Ferguson to, you know, to make the fight, you know. You know, what do you think is going to happen with all this? Um, whatever happens, I'm just going to, I've been saying this 
like from day one since I've seen Khabib a couple of years back. <sighs> Y'all better keep that man away from Conor. <laughs> Y'all better keep. They better keep. I like Tony Ferguson. I'm a Tony Ferguson fan. Yeah. I like him. I think he talks too much sometimes, but that's that just who he is. Um, at least from what I could tell by seeing him on, you know, on interviews and television. But um, Khabib is the guy. He is, is a G. He, he is, you know, his name is Khabib. Uh, how you pronounce his last name? Namagov? Namagomedov. And I'm so glad that no, I finally no, no, learned no, to say that. Namagomedov? Yeah, I'm so glad I finally learned how to say his last name. That was like that was like one of the great things of 2016 is that I learned how to say his last name, Nurmagomedov. Well, he should he should be able to come out and and be Enzo when he comes out because he, he's a certified G Dude. and a bona fide stud. Can't, can't beat that. No, 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 you know? no. Right. Do you, you know, Khabib is my guy. Anybody that say, hey, let's do this fight. Hey, UFC doesn't want to give you the money. Doesn't worry about it. I'll give it to you. I'll give you 200 Now, let's make the fight. Tony says, well, I don't feel right about, you know, you doing it. It's like, I don't care. As long as I get that bread, let's go. If you're going to put that into the contract and I pay you, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, come on, let's fight. You know, because ultimately that victory is going to put that person in the driver's seat for Connor because that's what they both want. They want that money fight. So, you all, I take that back. Khabib don't care nothing about that. And I'm pretty sure he got. I'm pretty sure he got ties over in Russia. You know, I've seen one of the cars he drives. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on, man. Yeah, now nah, he don't I give see, a fuck I about. See. He don't give a fuck about the money he's making in uh, UFC. He, he, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know he's well taken care of over right. in Russia. Oh, definitely, definitely. So he just wants um, to fight, man. Do Do you think um ever whether it's um anytime soon, whether it is the next fight or the next fight after that, do you ever think do we we're gonna get the Habib fight in Russia? You think you think we gonna get what? Do you, you ever think we're gonna get to get a uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, fight in Russia? That will be super dope, and he will be rock. He will literally be the rock star over there, you know, doing his thing, man. Khabib is Khabib is that guy. That's that's my guy, man. I would hope, I would hope that he he gets an opportunity to um to fight over in Russia. I think it would be. I think it would be outstanding, man. It'd be good. It'd be good just globally, man. You know, you talking about UFC going to a, another territory. Yeah. So it would be good for that. Um, I don't know. Dana might be able to pull that off now. Now that you know Trump is about to be in office and Trump <laughs> is cool with Putin. Right. But yeah, and there's and there's been uh, talks that. Uh, that Dana White and some of the other uh, officials have been uh, in talks with people in Russia about doing an event there. Um, Khabib said they haven't called him, and he was like, call me. I can hook you up, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah, He's like, I yeah, can help Khabib, out with Khabib that. Khabib want to go. But we'll be a G2, though. Like, how many guys say, I'll go to your country to beat your ass? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, cause yeah, cause he wants to do that fight with uh, Connor in uh, in 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 Ireland, dude. That would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be super crazy, man. So yeah, I'm um I'm uh we we definitely go see what's gonna happen within the next couple. I say weeks. We'll find out something in the next couple of weeks with the whole Khabib thing. But let's see. You know. I have my days where I'm, I think Dana is cool, and I, I have my days where I think Dana full of shit. Lately, it's been Dana full of shit, man. He he is one of the type of bosses that I do not like are the people that have this do as I say, not as I do attitude. Those are the worst type bosses. And, because how do you sit yeah. up here and tell me that I can't do some shit, and I see you do the shit? All the time, you know, so and that's why that's one of the reasons, boy, I can go into some stories about Dana White. But I think I think Dana you know? White is someone who likes almost like likes chaos, likes to see things burn for a little while before before he steps in and does what he wants to do. Yeah, but he 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 got some decisions to make because bottom line is, buddy, you have one star left. You better use him wisely. If you if you have him fight Khabib, your star power is about to go down the table. I mean, it's about to go down the toilet. I mean, Khabib, yeah, yeah, he's already he's already hi, um, hiding Connor from doing a third uh, Diaz fight because he already knows what that's gonna how that's gonna work out. Well, they say the money that Diaz is asking for is ridiculous, but I don't think it's ridiculous when you got. You know, you talking about these dudes is generating all this fucking money just from them, from them too. Right. Yeah, twenty million is not a bad ticket. And and I don't. And speaking of money, I don't. You know, I don't know how much Ronda Rousey's gonna get off of the pay per view buys, but she only got three million, uh, just to show up. You know, and that seems yeah. Kind but of... that tie that that ties Connor for the for the biggest payout, and if she do. If it do a million buys, I can almost bet that she probably get she probably get like three four dollars off each pay per view. Right. So you know I wouldn't be surprised if it's five six dollars because of who she is. So um, yeah, and that and that could be an extra seven eight million dollars, you know, in her pocket. Right. So it, yeah. Even, mm, it, even, it's even, definitely gonna be interesting. Even then, let's say ten million dollars. In comparison to like other things, maybe like boxing, do you still think that's less? Like little, not not as much for the star power of someone like a Ronda Rousey or a Conor McGregor. You say what? Do you like that? Let's say after what they get paid to show up and. Uh, and after the, the the pay-per-view points, you know, it comes out to like ten million. Do you still think that's enough for these guys, just from a value-wise? Um, considering you know how much, you know, athletes in other, uh, you know, sports end up making off of uh, certain things, and these two are like the biggest things in your sport. I. Uh... You get paid according to what you negotiate. Right. <laughs> um, people like people like Connor um, and Rhonda, they know they work. A lot of fighters don't know they work. So 
until father started looking into, you know, like Tony knows his numbers. He knows when he on TV how many people watch. He knows when he's on a pay-per-view how many people are watching at that moment. So he knows the numbers. Yeah. These other fighters need to start getting hip. They need to start getting hip because if they, if they don't, then he's going to just leave them by the wayside. So <laughs> literally leave by the wayside. Ah, is that it, my friend? Yep. That's about it for this week's uh... <laughs> Well, it's always uh, a pleasure um, doing this podcast, man. Fresh is the word gives me a, a super a super dope outlet, man, to really uh, – you know, talk about the shit that me and you both like talking about, man. Oh, definitely. I love doing it. I'm glad you're on board. It's 2017 now. I'm psyched to, you know, you know, to uh, see what we got in store for the new year. See where, you know, fights, matches, music, mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. crap. You know, I'm excited, you know. Uh, you know, tell everybody <laughs> where they can see, you know, tell everybody where they can uh, check you out online. Uh, you can hit me up at uh, on Twitter at forward slash V Styles V S T Y L E Z. Same thing. Uh, my personal page on Facebook forward slash V S T Y L E Z. Hit me um, on my artist page on Facebook at official V Styles official V S T Y L E Z. And uh, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram the forward slash V S T Y L E Z. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to start promoting this a lot more soon. But stay tuned. You know, Thornton Mellon coming out this year. And, and the closer we get, the more shit I'm talking about it. So, you know, I got some blessings for y'all. <laughs> Fantastic. Delightful, as Matt, Matt, Matt Hardy would say. <laughs> Delightful. Delightful. <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, listening. See you next week. All right. Peace, y'all. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.